Good morning. Russia continues its bombardment of Ukraine as NATO threatens to provide long-range weapons to Kyiv. Lebanon and Israel make a gas deal, but is the West the true beneficiary? And family values in Louisiana, an ad featured pregnancy, climate change, and abortion. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the news for Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Russian forces showered Ukraine with more missiles and munition-carrying drones yesterday after widespread strikes killed 19 people. The United Nations described the attacks as particularly shocking and a potential war crime. Air raid warnings sounded throughout Ukraine as officials advised residents to conserve energy and stock up on water. Power has been knocked out across the country and pierced the calm in Kyiv and other cities far from the front. The mayor of Kyiv is Vitaly Kitschko. This is the city of Kyiv. Just uh, an hour ago, this attack, another attack, continued attack of Russia on Ukraine killed civilians. The war against civilians. Uh, before today, the Russians killed uh, already two, uh, 226 uh, civilians and four children. Today killed five people more. Right now, uh, 41 people in hospitals and uh, some people in critical condition. It's a message to Putin. We was in the USSR and we don't want back to USSR. Point. We see our future as part of European family. And uh, uh, the people angry. People want to defend houses, families, children. The leaders of the Group of Seven Industrial Powers condemned the bombardment and said they would stand firmly with Ukraine for as long as it takes. Russia launched the attacks after a weekend explosion that damaged the Kerch Bridge between Russia and Crimea. Meanwhile, in Brussels, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said the alliance would hold annual war exercises testing the state of readiness of its nuclear capabilities next week as scheduled. Next week, NATO will hold its long-planned deterrence exercise, Steadfast Noon. This is routine training, which happens every year to keep our deterrent safe, secure and effective. President Putin's veiled nuclear threats are dangerous and irresponsible. Russia knows that the nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. NATO, as an organization, doesn't possess nuclear weapons. They remain under the control of three member countries, the United States, the UK and France. Nevertheless, Stoltenberg said there can be only victory for the West in Ukraine. If Putin wins, that is not only a big defeat for Ukrainians, but it will be defeat and dangerous for all of us because it will make uh, the world more dangerous and it will, will make us more vulnerable for further Russian aggression. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said continued weapons deliveries to Ukraine would prolong the fighting and inflict more damage on the country without changing Russia's objectives. In related news, as Russian forces pounded three districts around the Zaporizhzhia nuclear power plant overnight, 
International Atomic Energy Agency Director General Rafael Mariano Grossi met with Russian President Vladimir Putin in St. Petersburg and urged him to agree to a safety and security protection zone around the occupied plant to prevent a radiation disaster. And in the Middle East, Lebanon and Israel have reached a deal to end a long-running maritime border dispute in the gas-rich Mediterranean Sea. The deal would resolve a territorial dispute in the eastern tip of the Mediterranean in an area where Lebanon aims to explore for natural gas and near waters where Israel has already found commercially viable quantities of hydrocarbons. The French oil company, Total Energies, would work with Lebanon to exploit the offshore gas fields while Israel would search for gas separately. Lebanon has been in the grip of an economic crisis and is looking toward revenue from the sale of gas to shore up against the financial meltdown. Lebanon and Israel are technically still at war. The two countries were in close contact, though, with United States mediator Amos Hochstein, who's been working for years on settling the border dispute. Although supported in Lebanon's parliament, not everyone in the country sees future benefits from gas drilling. A representative of the Lebanese political party, Citizens in a State, is Rania Masri. She says the agreement doesn't benefit Lebanon or the environment. Some have been arguing that this is not an, an agreement or a treaty per se. It's an accord. They're trying to use lighter legal language. From our perspective, as political activists, as leftists, as environmentalists, the only winner from this agreement is imperialism. Everyone else has lost. The Lebanese people have lost because this agreement relinquishes 1,430 square kilometers of our rights in the, in the Lebanese waters, which is a huge relinquishment. The Israeli people have lost because they're going to be drilling. And since when have we been in support of drilling anywhere? And fundamentally, let us not forget that this is Palestinian oil in, in Palestinian-occupied waters. So this, this, this oil is a theft of Palestinian resources. In every way, shape, or form, this is a very scary thing for those of us working to end apartheid and to end the occupation of Palestinian land. What is especially dangerous about it is that it could be interpreted as a step towards normalization. Israel is still legally an enemy of the state of Lebanon. Um, any acts of normalization between any Lebanese and any Israeli are considered illegal in Lebanese law. And yet, yet, who was the negotiator? Who was the mediator between Israel and Lebanon? was the U.S. envoy who also carries an Israeli citizenship and who also had served in the Israeli army. The really? mere fact that the Lebanese president and the Lebanese speaker of the house and the Lebanese prime minister met with him particularly is already a violation of Lebanese law and was something outrageous to begin with. They should have and they could have demanded at least to have a U.S. mediator that does not carry an Israeli citizenship and that does not has not shared in the bloodshed that the Israeli army has imposed on Palestinians and Lebanese, at the very least. The U.S. mediator... The U.S. mediator, Hochstein. Hochstein, Amos Hochstein. I'm looking at his names. And so, is this an ongoing thing that there's... It's always been his baby. And, of course, we all know in the region that the U.S. is not a neutral mediator, but that the United States always takes the side of Israel and, and pushes the Israeli perspective along. So it's not like we have the United Nations serving as a mediator. We have 
the closest ally to Israel, the United States, serving as a mediator. But yes, it has been his baby from the start with regards to negotiations between Lebanon and Israel. Mm -hmm. We have a bankrupt country, bankrupt financially, bankrupt economically, and also bankrupt politically. We have seen over the past three years, at the very least, and we can expand it to say over the past 30 years, that the Lebanese sectarian political system, which ironically is also the political system that the U.S. really supports and wants to see in Iraq and in Libya and in Syria, but that this Lebanese political system has only afforded us incompetence and impotence, despite, for example, two years ago, the Lebanese army declared what should be our line in the sea. The Lebanese government did not support that and relinquished our rights. And now when we look at this, at a time when we're bankrupt, are we going to be able to use the revenue that comes from the, the gas in the sea in any way? Absolutely not. How can we expect a political system that took a country towards bankruptcy to be able to take a country out of bankruptcy if you give it money? It won't. Mm -hmm. And when we, again, when we look at it from a regional perspective, the fact that now Lebanon has gone into an agreement with Israel, regardless how we may look at it legally, means that Israel is the victor here. The Israeli government, the right-wing apartheid settler colonial state of Israel is the victor, which means that this is another blow against Palestinian self-determination. This is another blow against equality. This is another blow against liberation in the region. What happens next? Does this have to be approved in parliament? The parliament is comprised predominantly of the same political parties that had agreed to it. So we were not going to be expecting anything different to come out of the parliament. All the left-wing political parties in Lebanon, all the political parties that are opposed to this kind of um, neoliberal economic sectarian political program have objected to this. Has drilling begun or is it about to begin now then? Probably on the Israeli side, on the occupied Palestinian side, drilling will begin very soon. On the Lebanese side, we don't know when drilling would begin because I, I don't believe they have even done, begun to do research as to where they can drill on the Lebanese side. Is there anything you'd like to add? I wish that our leaders around the world were more rational. And by rational, I don't even expect them to be socialist or leftist. I expect them to recognize that we are at a climate emergency. We are at a climate crisis. Every oil, every natural gas that is drilled from the sea and from the land is simply a nail in the coffin of humanity. Rania Masri is a representative of the Lebanese political party, Citizens in a State. She spoke with the news on Tuesday. And Joe Biden hailed the deal as a historic breakthrough in the Middle East. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters on Tuesday the United States fully supports the gas deal between Israel and Lebanon. After months of mediation by the United, by United States, the governments of Israel and Lebanon have agreed to formally end their maritime boundary dispute and establish a permanent maritime boundary between them. The president spoke this morning with Prime Minister of Israel, Lapid, and President of Lebanon, Michel Aoun, who confirmed the readiness of both governments to move forward with this agreement. We want to also thank President Emmanuel Macron of France and his government for their support in these negotiations. The president has long believed that energy, particularly in the eastern Mediterranean, should serve as a tool for cooperation, stability, security, and prosperity, not for conflict. 
He first worked on this issue nearly a decade ago as vice president and is pleased that U.S. mediation and persistent diplomacy finally led to this breakthrough today. The agreement will provide for the development of energy fields for the benefit of both countries, setting the stage for a more stable and prosperous region and harnessing vital new energy resources for the world. It protects Israel's security and economic interests, uh, critical to promoting its regional inter integration. It provides Lebanon the space to begin its own exploitation of energy resources and marks a new chapter of hope following years of crisis. And it promotes the interest of the United States and the American people in a more stable, prosperous, and integrated Middle East region with reduced risk of new conflicts. All central themes of the president's visit to the region this past summer. We are pleased to have achieved this breakthrough today and congratulate everyone involved. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre in national news. NASA says it succeeded in deflecting an asteroid in a historic test of humanity's ability to stop a celestial object from devastating life on Earth. The double asteroid redirection test, or DART impactor, smashed into the asteroid Dimorphos. The word means twins, forcing it into a smaller, faster orbit around its neighbor, Didymos. The asteroid pair looped together around the Sun every 2.1 years and posed no threat to the Earth. But DART's success is a proof of concept that's made a reality of science fiction. And at a rally for former President Donald Trump in Nevada on Saturday, GOP Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama compared descendants of enslaved people to criminals. In front of an overwhelmingly white crowd in Minden, Nevada, Tuberville criticized Democrats for being pro-crime. I've never seen like the crime in this country. We all grew up respecting the police, our moral values, doing what we could do to help law enforcement in this country. The Democratic Party, they have a majority. They could stop this crime today. Some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Bullshit. They are not owed that. NAACP President Derek Johnson called Tuberville's comments flat-out racist, ignorant, and utterly sickening. Johnson added, his words promote a centuries-old lie about black people that throughout history has resulted in the most dangerous policies and violent attacks on our community. There's growing support to offer reparations for black Americans whose ancestors were enslaved to address the lingering effects of slavery. A bill to study reparations for slavery had the support of more than 170 Democratic co-sponsors last spring. A House committee voted to advance the legislation, but it's yet to be considered by the full House of Representatives. And it's rare for a political ad to go viral, but the campaign advertisement of a Democratic Party candidate for Congress in the 1st District of Louisiana has done just that. The candidate, Katie Darling, is in an uphill campaign to beat Representative Steve Scalise. Nevertheless, Darling produced an unusual web ad, including images of her giving birth to her son after saying she supports a woman's right to an abortion. I'm Katie Darling, and I live on a farm in St. Tammany Parish. 
Our family composts, collects rainwater, and grows our own food. My husband and daughter help take care of the chickens. And there's someone else who's going to be joining us and helping to pitch in with farm life very soon. But these days, I worry about storms that are stronger and more frequent because of climate change, about our kids underperforming public schools, and about Louisiana's new abortion ban, one of the strictest and most severe in the country. We should be putting pregnant women at ease, not putting their lives at risk. I haven't spent my career in Washington. I've worked my way up from bartender to CEO. Now, I help nurses organize our complicated health records. Because nurses aren't just heroes, they're saints. Louisiana deserves better than the path we're on. I'm Katie Darling, and I'm running for Congress because I want that better path. For you, for her, and for him. The spot went viral with more than a million views on Twitter. Katie Darling spoke with the news on Tuesday. She describes what the web ad shows. It opens up with shots of me, my husband, my daughter Remy, and I am, I believe, eight months pregnant at the time that we shot that first scene. And we're there on my farm in St. Tammany Parish, and we show some of our animals, and then me driving to the hospital and kind of looking out to nearby farms in St. Tammany. And I'm talking about the impact of continued storm damage and the impact of our struggling education system here in Louisiana. We rank 50 out of 50 in quality of life. That is reflected in our education system and the constant uh, deterioration of our infrastructure. I talk about that in the ad, and then it closes with a shot of me birthing my son in the hospital, me celebrating nurses, showing the medical event itself of uh, birthing my son, and there's a moment of me holding him and then me sharing how I'm running for office for the future of our children. The 36-year-old software accounts executive says she raised $40,000 from the ad. Her opponent has raised $16.1 million. But Darlene says she's thrilled by the reaction. I have seen just an overwhelming amount of people say this ad brought me to tears because I think they connect to their own lives, their own stories. So many mothers around the country see themselves in my ad. Grandmothers and family members and, and fathers see themselves, they see their families, and I think around the country we are all struggling with the same things. Reproductive rights are being challenged all around the country. We're dealing with climate change impacts all around the country, and I know the pandemic had uh, education suffer across the country. So we're all dealing with these things, and I think people felt like they were seen in my ad. We have shared collective experiences, and I think they felt that it brought us all to tears, including myself. When I watched the ad, I tear up. It, it really is a beautifully produced and tells the story in a beautiful way. Scalise, the House Minority Whip, hasn't responded because Darling says his only issue is supporting former President Trump. Well, I have not had a direct response from Steve Scalise, which is 
pretty consistent. He stays focused on kind of a national stage. He's very focused on his relationship with Donald Trump and the Donald Trump platform. So he's he's not really paying attention to what's happening here at home. But I do hope that he will respond at some point and we would have an opportunity um, to speak and debate these issues. One of the points you're making is that Louisiana lags far behind most other states in providing the kind of support that a mother would want or a pregnant person would want when they were having a baby. The reasons that people turn to abortion are vast. There are so many reasons, medical reasons, personal reasons. You can't, we can't possibly cover them all. But I would say that the number one way to support people in choosing to have children is having a society that lowers the barrier. And that would include access to affordable child care, a strong public education system, affordable housing, fair wages. These are all things that would make someone who's pregnant say, okay, I can do this. I have a community and a society that makes it possible. But unfortunately, conservative representatives vote against these kinds of resources. And that's why I'm running for office, because I would like to provide those resources um, here in Louisiana. We desperately need them. My uh, second child is a boy. His name is Ollie. Is he going to be able to see this ad later on when he's growing up and look back at his mom with him on television like that? He's a TV star already. I've been thinking about that, and it's it's funny to think about. My daughter, Remy's six, and she's in the ad, and she's seen herself, uh, you know, on TV, and that has brought a big smile uh, to her, and I hope that my son feels the same way when he grows up. How about your husband? What does he think about it? My husband is my biggest champion, and he is so proud of my campaign. Uh, I'm really grateful to have a such a supportive partner. Mm-hmm. Family values. You, you, from what you're describing and from what you're ad, you epitomize family values. In the ad, I definitely want to share my family, um, mostly because I have been through many medical re- events related to pregnancy. I've had high-risk pregnancies and difficulties, and I think it's important for me to share what I've been through and in many interviews I've shared about um, my circumstances so that people understand how having access to reproductive rights is important for all people and particularly for people who even choose to have children, reproductive rights are necessary. I am standing for each person to be able to make their own choices for their own lives, their own bodies, and their own families. And I support those that choose not to have families and I support every person having a right to privacy and making their own decisions. Why is Louisiana 50? You called it number 50. Our health care is suffering. We have a large population suffering, living in poverty. Our wages have been stagnant. Our economic opportunities have been dwindling. And our most talented individuals are leaving the state for better opportunities. And we are not providing um, more innovative professional occupations in Louisiana. We don't have a strategy to move forward. I have a strategy to move forward, and that's what I'm running uh, my campaign on, in addition to reproductive rights, economic 
success. My background is in business, and I would like to improve the economy in Louisiana. But that is one of the reasons we are suffering in the pandemic. Again, we went backwards during the pandemic, so we, we even have to make up for loss for that lost time. Katie Darling is candidate for Congress in Louisiana's 1st District, encompassing the suburbs of New Orleans. In more national news, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha said on Tuesday the United States doesn't have an adequate number of COVID-19 tests as winter approaches, adding, no doubt about it, that our response has been hampered by that lack of funding. With winter rapidly approaching, immunity is waning in the United States, and Americans have been slow to get their COVID-19 booster shots. Just 35% of those for whom a booster is recommended have had one. There are now more than 400 daily COVID-19 deaths on average in the United States. But Jaws says the new vaccine is an improvement and can go far to tamp down on the disease. We have updated bivalent vaccines that target both the original version of COVID from 2020, as well as Omicron, the BA5 version that's circulating right now. And based on everything we know about immunology and science and, and, uh, and vaccines, these updated vaccines should provide a much higher level of protection against infection, against transmission, and certainly against serious illness and hospitalizations and deaths. And just like people get the flu shot each year, even if you've had the flu in the past or if you got a flu shot the year before, really critical that everyone 12 and older should go get this updated annual COVID-19 vaccine. So you're protected this fall and winter and you're protected year round. Dr. Ashish Jha is coordinator of COVID-19 response for the White House. And that's the news for Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. The news was produced, written, and anchored by myself, Paul DiRienzo. You can find the news at pauldirienzo.com. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.